welcome to the Flow Road Podcast. I am your host, Edgar Otraves. Today on the show, I will have Emily, who uh, is a writer and uh, aspiring comedian. Uh, we'll be talking about the documentary, The Nightmare, directed by Rodney Asher, among other things, of course. If you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowrowpodcast.com. Again, that URL is shop.theflowrowpodcast.com. Now on with the show. Okay, so welcome to the uh, Flow Row Podcast. Uh, my name is Edgar Otraves, and today uh, I'm joined by... Uh, Emily, writer slash comedian, uh, future uh, Robin Williams uh, like uh, like actor and comedian. <laughs> Only at that level, Edgar. Eventually, obviously, I am so famous that I go by one name. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm, and it's not just Emily. It's Emily with an IE. Yeah, very special. Important. Very. Important part to note. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, and today we're going to be talking about uh, a documentary that you told me about, and I am so, I really, first of all, I really enjoyed watching the documentary, but uh, there are, it's not, there, there are problems with it, right? But um, before we start, and, and I, I failed to mention this before we started, but I, I would like for you to kind of tell one of the stories that that kind of happened in this in this movie like this movie is about sleep paralysis right so why don't you tell us your sleep paralysis story my personal story mm-hmm. yeah so um should we define what like sleep paralysis is for people uh yeah why don't you uh <laughs> why don't you go ahead and do it so um, I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it. Um, sleep paralysis is a condition, um, a sleeping condition. It's something that happens when someone is just falling asleep or waking up. And a lot of science suggests that this is about a transition in um, or out of a deep, rapid eye movement uh, sleep, which most people know as REM sleep. And during those like transitions, often people are unable to move or to talk for a period of time as they're coming out of sleep. And during this time, some people experience um, kind of a sense of dread that's been associated with um, otherworldly or supernatural um, kind of things um, like demons. My personal story um, is really, I think, a lot to do with stress and sleep. Um, I actually was in a sleep study a handful of years ago with Northwestern University. Holy cow, I didn't know that. Yeah, they wanted to hold on to me because apparently (laughs) I have an interesting sleeping brain. But the problem with that, of course, is that not all of us can dedicate, you know, eight weeks out of work to uh, sleep in a bed at Northwestern Hospital. So... Oh, you kind of can't, you kind of can now, right? I mean, yeah, uh, during the COVID time, maybe I just need to like get my laptop uh, and work from a, a bed. At- <laughs> I'm not sleeping the rest of the time, like under supervision, which that's the oddest part about a sleep study is that people are watching you sleep. 
and that just kind of got to me a bit. But um, no, I've always had a really active dream life, um, very nightmarish as opposed to pleasant dreams. But I can uh, attribute a lot of that to the fact that I watch horror movies before mm. I go to sleep, or I watch, you know, special victims unit law and order. And I'm watching <laughs> kind of disturbing stuff that's already affecting my sleep and my dream patterns as it is. But I have experienced sleep paralysis, and for myself, it's really been a um, a feeling of not being able to move for a period of seconds, not minutes. Um, and there is a sense that there's a being in the room with me. There's something that is present that's dark, that's ominous. It reminds me of a character from my nightmares, which is just a man I can't see that's like a dark um, shadow, shadow mm -hmm. man, which of course we know is a thing for a lot of people too. Um, I don't see features. It doesn't go on very long, but it's terrifying. It's a very scary experience to not be able to move or to move away from something or to ask something what it is. Um, so that's my experience. Um, I do know that lots of people experience it for uh, broader periods of time. So sometimes minutes of not being able to move and as you saw in the Nightmare documentary, um, there's some people that have a feeling that something's right next to them or on their back and they can't turn to see it. I've never gotten that close to it, but I felt it standing in front of me at my door. Um, but the idea that something's next to you or even in the same room with you and you can't do anything about it. Like think about if this was an intruder in your home, like that's a terrifying situation to be in. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's kind of like uh, where it's coming from. It's coming from like an instinctual kind of thing that we've kind of had evolved with, you know? So I'll, I'll, at one point or another, humans had to live in, you know, out in the wild, right, with animals and stuff. And so I think a portion of this is, is an instinct to protect ourselves, right? There's there's something in the shadow, there's a monster or something in the shadow, and it is, there's a bear or tiger or whatever, and it's going to attack. And so I think that uh, part, part of what's happening is some kind of residual from that kind of experience, that it's an instinct. It's, it's like, we are afraid of the dark because bad things hide in the dark, right? And, and so that's all it is, I think. Uh, but let me, let me, how did we learn that in the first place? Right. Is it yeah. it's stories we grew up with? It's films we grew up with and all of our experiences might have a similar like thread going through them, but it's not always the same being or the same thing that people are afraid of. Yeah. Well, here, let me, let me tell you the story I have. Cause, uh, this is kind of, there, there's, there's something that happens in the movie that we'll get to in a sec, but, uh, what I, what I had is very similar to that's described at, to what you described and what's been described in the movie. I, I wake up, except I'm able to move. So I wake up and I sit up in bed and I'm talking about one. I've had several of these, but this is the one that kind of really kind of freaked us out or freaked me out. And so I sat up in bed. I was like 20. Something woke me up. I sat up in bed and there is, a red shadow that is kind of sitting, not sitting, but like uh, bending over my bed, looking at me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what the heck is this, right? And my first thought is, it's my eyes adjusting to the light. 
or my eyes were just closed. You know, it's not bright, bright in here, but it's brighter than my eyes work when they're closed. So I rub my eyes, try to clear my vision, and the thing is still there, right? So I'm like, uh, what the heck is this, right? So I start freaking out. And I'm still living in my parents' house at this time because like, I'm like 20, still going to college. I start freaking out and I start screaming, right? I start yelling. And as I'm freaking out, this thing doesn't just disappear. It stands up straight and then walks backwards into a, a, a bookcase that was right at the other end of the, like at the foot of the bed, but not connected to the bed, but like, you know, towards a wall. And so it, it disappears into the bookcase. And so once it's gone, I jump out of bed and run out and go and run across the house to my parents' room. And I'm like, something, I saw something, I'm freaking out. Oh, but it's so scary, right? So obviously my mom was like, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is on the way uh, to my parents' room, my sister hears me yelling and pops out of her room, right? She pops out of her room, looks at me, and says, what's going on, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm too embarrassed to say anything because I know she's gonna make fun of me. So I don't, I say nothing, just leave me alone. I gotta talk to mom, right? So I run through the house and she's like, who's back there, is dad back there? And I'm like, what? No, just leave me alone. And so I run, right? So when I'm explaining what happened to my mother and my mother is telling me, or, and, this, and my mother is dismissing me, my sister walks in and is like, who's back there? I'm like, what do you mean? Is dad still here? I'm like, no, you know, my dad used to work nights or early mornings and he was already gone to the house by three or something in the morning. And she's like, well, I just saw somebody leave. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, we, like, I just saw a black shadow leave your room following you out. And I'm like, what? And like, that's when my mom's like, what? So, you know, being the uh, Mexican mother that she was, you know, she got a priest, she blessed the house, there was holy water everywhere. Was so, it sage? Uh, I don't know if we use sage. She didn't use sage in this particular instance. No. At least I don't think so. But, you know, she, she did all the uh, curandera, witchcraft, Mexican mm -hmm. nonsense, and, <laughs> and blessed the house. I'll, I'll tell you, that was not the last time I saw that thing, but uh, it didn't work. <laughs> So uh, I guess what I'm, I'm getting at is, is that one of the weirder things about this particular kind of thing is that it can be a shared experience. And that's where it's like, okay, well, you can dismiss it and say, well, there's science and this and that, and you're just nuts or you're schizophrenic or whatever. But what about the shared experience? Well, what, what about, you know, what my sister saw? What about... In the story, there is there's a guy who kind of he he called it like a STD. Yes. <laughs> so it was like he was like Sleep, th sleeping transmitted disease. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like his and it's funny because his his girlfriend kind of gave it to him, right? So. But the thing is, I, I mean, I, I, that guy was a little hard. Just one of the people they talked to in the documentary, 
he was a little hard to believe in my in my mind. I think a lot of these people um, either admitted to or clearly had some kind of mental issues or addiction in their life. Yeah. And something to really touch on about your experience, though, too, maybe that wasn't sleep paralysis. Maybe that was a demon. I mean, (laughs) although with sleep paralysis, which is something also mentioned in the documentary, people can kind of suggest to someone that something's going on and it's kind of that group mentality. So while I agree with you that, you know, we have to investigate why are other people able to see these things? It's also the whole dynamic of group hysteria. Like, cause you saw something, I think I saw something and you really have to remove those influences sometimes because it's not always as real as you think maybe. I, I agree. There, there's, there has to be an explanation as to how I was able to basically transmit <laughs> the, the thought of something following me out of, out of the room. Because uh, my sister said that what she saw was a shadow that was blacker than the room. And the room had all the lights off, right? So it was already pretty dark. And she said that she saw something blacker than the shadows in the room, blacker than the darkness of the room. And I was just like, what the fuck? Don't tell me shit like that. You know? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like, that's the scariest part of it is that it's something that's so dark that you can observe it as being a dark image, which again, yeah. with my experience, it was something darker than the room, which was a, a room at night in the dark. And it was a figure I could clearly see that was black unlike yours which was red which during this documentary there's a lot of talk about red-eyed or red figures as yeah. well so that's another form of that yeah i can't help but think that there's um again something having to do with your perception uh being hijacked by the by that you know paralysis state that you're in it's it's not it's it, I, I, this is the problem i had with the the documentary and, and, because there's a big problem with it and the big problem is is that they they just and, and you can see it in the comments if you if you look at the because it's on prime uh mm-hmm. amazon prime they they comment in the comments they're like well they talk a little bit about what possibly could be the issue but they don't actually get a scientist or a doctor and talk about it and the thing that really pissed me off was there was a moment, excuse me, there was a moment where someone um, said, well, I should go see a doctor, you know, maybe I should go see a doctor and, and have, you know, have them look at me. And they were like, no, I just went to Google and looked it up. And I'm like, no, you go see a doctor. This is, you're just going to get more nonsense out of Google. You know, don't, don't go searching for this on the web. There's no answer for it there. You need to go see a doctor and the doctor's going to tell you that you had this problem, you know. Well, and also there was the the woman near the beginning who talked about the fact that she had been on the internet in the early dawn of the internet. So the age of it, 94, 95, maybe even slightly before that. Mm-hmm. So she Googled, so to speak, she was probably on dogpile.com or something. Uh, like, yeah. Magic websites that no longer has any use. But um, it's so weird how like Google's become just the term we use now. Um, it's just, yeah. Sorry, dog pile. Uh, <laughs> but 
she looked this up, sleep paralysis, and there was already an entry on the internet and all these articles about it. And that's exactly what those people were doing. Instead of going like I did, I'm having sleep issues. And I did not go in because of sleep paralysis. I went in because I'm an insomniac, which again, if you're looking at the science part of this, there's a lot of documentation about caffeine and not sleeping on your back and avoiding alcohol and all these things that could possibly influence your sleep patterns. Now, if you're not taking any of that advice and you're excited to go to sleep and see the demon again, well, you're probably going to see a demon because you're putting that thought into your own head before you go down and put your head on the pillow. Yeah. And one of the things we said before we started the podcast is like, you know, I've, I've had, you know, um, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, 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 attacks, right? Panic attacks. Yeah. Panic attacks. So I've had panic attacks, but sometimes thinking about a panic attack will give me a panic attack. You know, yeah. I, you know, I haven't had one in a long time, but, but cause I, you know, I, I'm, I'm more careful about how I take care of myself and et cetera. But, but I, I'm, I'm assuming it's the same kind of thing. I'm thinking about, you know, sleep paralysis demon, and now he's going to show up tonight. You know, it's just like you guys are doing it to yourselves. You guys are doing it to yourselves. And then you're, you're not listening to the doctors. The doctors are telling you, you know, maybe you should do this. Or maybe you should do that or try this. No, no, it's, it's supernatural. The, the, the aliens are coming for me. You know, I, it, it just it, that part of it was like, I, where's the science? Give me the scientists, please. And it also just kind of, I think it's, and I, it, it's considered a documentary. Uh, it's a documentary by Rodney Asher, who's done a couple other films. One I saw is called Room 237, which talks about a lot of the themes within The Shining and kind of that idea of that um, kind of supernatural world. But he doesn't like, the story doesn't come to like a point. It doesn't, like you said, they don't bring in medical professionals. They're not doing a well-rounded documentary. Like I want to like finish a documentary and feel like something is answered. I've learned something and I've seen experiences of people that I believe I can trust to some degree. I did not feel that way with anybody in this documentary. I feel a lot of people had other issues in their life. And the one guy even said, how am I supposed to get a full-time job? I'm always like in this world. Well, you're choosing to be. Yeah. Like you chose to go, I need to address my anxiety or my panic attacks and this is how I'll do it. This guy didn't do that for his issues he has. He said, let's go head first into my weirdness and see if we can bring it out tonight. Whereas the average person is like, how do I make this better? Oh yeah. Life? Oh, absolutely. You're absolutely right. They're absolutely inviting some of this. And, but there were people in the, in the documentary who are a little more level-headed, still wacky, but a little more level-headed. And they were like, um, I don't want this anymore. You know, I want to get married. I want to have kids, et cetera. And, and so like there was that one Asian lady, mm -hmm. uh, she, she kind of pulled herself out of the, out of that crazy. Right. And she's, she says, I don't think about it cause I don't choose to think about it. And so she doesn't have these episodes anymore, but I mean, there, there, there's probably a few things, uh, you know, and like, you, like we mentioned before, there's a few things associated with this problem, right? It's stress. It's, there might be some kind of mental issue. Uh, you're not sleeping right. You're not taking care of yourself. Um, maybe depression, all kinds of things. There's all kinds of things that can influence this. But it, it, it's the the key the key part of this is that you're not sleeping uh, like you should. And what's happening is there isn't a demon on top of you. It's 
you're stuck between REM and actually waking up. And when you're in REM, your body locks up so that you don't move and don't hurt yourself. And because you can't move, you panic, right? And, and that's just it. And so also, you're still kind of dreaming. So your eyes are open, but you're in a weird state where your perception is not as it should be. And so you're seeing things. I mean, I know people who've been high, I guess. And not me, I don't do that. <laughs> but, you know, there were people who I knew who uh, would take several things and depending on what they took, they would see things, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not that these things are there, it's that their state of consciousness is altered and their eyes are either dilated or who knows what, and they're seeing things. And that's all this is, is people are seeing things. The only thing that really trips me out, which I, 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 I feel like it's a complete lie, is uh, one of the end stories where the guy is traveling around with that hippie girlfriend of his yeah. in the forest. And she is covering her eyes and she's like, oh, let's, let's play with the wood nymphs. And they're going to come in. There's like a blue uh, being showing up to say hello. And she's like, don't worry about the evil black demons behind you. And dude turns around and sees that there's these black guys, you know, black demons there. And um, uh, I just like, I, I just thought, and I was just like, this is bullshit. This is, this is bullshit. This guy, this, I don't know what happened. This guy was high. That, that's, he had to have been tripping on something. Well, and then I also have to question some of the people in general that have mentioned that they had either taken drugs or um, had addiction issues. You still see things even when you're coming off of drugs. And if someone's a regular drug user, whether they're using, um, you know, hallucinogenic drugs or whatever they're using, if they've been using these for years on a regular basis, they're probably still seeing things that aren't there. So it's really hard to convince me, a person who's sober, mm -hmm. that you saw this thing that no one else saw. And oh, P.S. I did drugs or still do drugs. Well, in that case, your argument goes out the window, you know? Yeah, but because yeah, you've you've done you've done something to your brain. You've altered the chemistry of your brain, and therefore your perception can be a question. Uh, yeah. basically at any moment uh, it's it's uh but i i have to say uh i think i can't feel I, there's a part of me that enjoyed it very much i was just like this is oh so cool well, right let's, let's be fair here edgar so you and i are both talking about something where we think that it stems from a um something that's going on in the wiring in your brain and in your body there's a health medical explanation for these things Correct. but we both are interested in paranormal things yes that's where it gets to be a little more difficult because who doesn't want to believe that something actually happened to them? And one of my favorite pieces of art about this actual topic, which back then I don't think it even obviously had the name sleep paralysis, but there's an artist named uh, John Fusilli and he had a piece called the nightmare oh. and it's from the late 1700s. And it's a woman like in bed, like wearing a long, like sleeping gown and she's leaning back with her hair back and there's like a demon on her chest that's like kind of like suffocating her. Now, 
this is obviously to now is understood to be a depiction of sleep paralysis of the demons or the cats or the hags that like lay on your chest. There's all these stories from all these different cultures around the world of what it is. Mm -hmm. But now that we have the science to back things up, I mean, even back then people thought that there were these like mystical things happening and it turned out to be someone had schizophrenia and there's medical explanations for these diseases it's not just magic as people used to think or oh she's a witch you know i mean that's not the case if there's if there's a way to explain something medically then i'm gonna trust that before i trust the power of here's what i think i saw or again someone who's under the influence who's telling me they saw you know a demon wearing a party hat on their chest. Like, come on. Like, really, you're going to have to do better than that. Like, yes, you know, if, if I am going to get a sleep demon, it better be wearing a freaking party hat. That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> We're here to scare the shit out of Emily. <laughs> get ready for the ride of your life. <laughs> well, um, one of the interesting things that you say, and, and, now that we have science, right? Um, well, we always had science. We just didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, basically, yeah. And, and, the, and the issue is, is that when you don't have science, uh, it's magic, right? It's all magic. So, I mean, if you, if you time travel and take your iPhone with you and you show it to someone in the 1800s, they're going to think this is magic, right? The magic mirror, essentially. But, um, but, well, if we've learned anything from Bill and Ted, everything that they had that was modern was magic to the, uh, you know. I haven't seen that movie. The princesses of days gone by, so. Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a while. I need to see it now that the, they're making it. You know it. that there's a third or, uh, third one coming out, right? Yeah, I know. They got old Keanu Reeves playing that role. It's, it's just so and wacky. Winter, who even knew he was still around? <laughs> like, uh, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah, I bet, I bet he... I bet he doesn't even act anymore. I bet he's like a CEO of some like fucking tech company or something. I think he just hangs out at home. <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the points I wanted to make was uh, I listened to another podcast and it's all about like this supernatural kind of stuff. It's not lore. It's another one. It's really good. Uh, if I can remember it, I'll, I'll mention it. But um, this particular podcast talked about a person who was having um, like – I don't want to call it schizophrenic episodes, but she was having some kind of problem um, and she knew it. And so she was getting, uh, she went and got diagnosed. She was getting pills for a while and she was doing fine. Right. I think it was, I think she actually, I think she actually had like bipolar depression or something, which is one of the things that kind of gets associated with sleep paralysis. But anyway, she had, she had like, I believe bipolar depression and she was getting medication for it. And so she, she was beginning to have um, bad results with the uh, medication that she had. So she went and got a She went to go see the doctor again and the doctor reevaluated her and gave her a new, a new uh, prescription. And so when she started taking the, the new prescription, uh, it started giving her hallucinations. And, but she needed the, the, the prescription so that she could function. But one of the things that she was seeing was she would see a hag at the bottom of her footsteps. And I don't know what it was about that particular location, but I guess she lived in a two-story house. Mm -hmm. And as she's coming down the stairs, something about the bottom of the stairway would conjure up 
an old lady in her head and, and would haunt her and would talk to her at the bottom of the steps. And so she knew it was because of the, uh, the new medication. Mm -hmm. Eventually, um, she got a new prescription and she stopped having the problem. But uh, it, it's, it's all of this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, there's, you, you're seeing visions, you're having hallucinations, you're having, you know, sleep paralysis, et cetera. It, 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 and it's, it's some chemical imbalance in the brain, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I know how fun it would be to travel into another dimension or, or, or see an interdimensional demon show up. And, but it, it, it's, no, we, we, you're, you, you just need medication. Yeah. <laughs> or, and, there's, and there's a reason that people have created these ways of looking at things in a scientific way. And I don't think it's, it's unintelligent. In fact, it's very intelligent to do that first, right? So if there's a sound in your house and you're hearing a knocking in the attic, check your pipes before you assume it's the demon in the attic, you know, or that, yeah. you know, um, you're about to be possessed by whatever's in the attic, a la the exorcist. Like, <laughs> probably not going to happen to you. But to play devil's advocate, haha, -ha, a little bit, um, with the exorcist, like, reference, I'm thinking of, like, someone who's young or someone who actually already has something wrong with their brain it's not fully developed or there's an issue with their brain there's a lot of let's say assumptions that these people might be able to be more interconnected with the paranormal world itself now in some cases i'm willing to believe that but in most cases i'm like all right let's make sure this person doesn't have abcd mm -hmm. on this list and let's let's check their mental and physical health before we go saying, all right, you know, I've seen a lady in white in my hallway. Now, if you've got 15 people who've seen it on different occasions who don't know each other, then I'll believe you. But if you've got one person who we don't know what their mental state is, who might be on drugs, might not be prescription or otherwise, I don't know that I'd take that as a, you know, an accurate testament. As much as I would like to, you know, believe something, I always want to see it for myself or know it for myself. I don't like hearsay. Yeah. And, you know, that's how folklore starts, right? Some of that might have been rooted in some kind of original truth, but at the end of the day, things get spun around and years go by and there's like cultures that have some version of this, you know, across the board. Yeah. Yeah. It, it you got to admit though, it is kind of fun, right? I mean, oh, yeah. you got I mean, you can't blame these guys for for almost hoping that it's real, right? Because, like you said, they're it, they don't want to listen to the doctors. They 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 can't wait to have their nightly visit with the with the black evil demon. It, it, there was that one woman who was like having intercourse with yeah with yeah. the demon, and I was just like, oh Jesus! And that's when I was like, oh, you're not. Then something's not right here. <laughs> when, when I was got to that part and she's like, and then it climbed on top of me and I was like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> Is that this kind of movie? PG-13. <laughs> I actually don't know what it's rated, but, um, but yeah, I mean, even in the Wikipedia description of this and the other movie this guy did, the director, I, it says he does have like kind of a affection for the storytellers that are a little interesting and 
different. But in my mind, I saw a lot of confused, damaged souls. That's what I saw. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the things I wanted to mention is it's like I, I enjoyed the movie, but there's a part of me that feels a little guilty watching these people because some of them, <clears throat> some of them are, are not doing well. They need help and they weren't getting that through this film. And something you mentioned before we started the podcast was that, yeah, there was no one reaching out and kind of bringing this story to a close with some science to back it up maybe screening these people for mental illness once again, getting different um, opinions from different doctors on what this could be. There were lots of talking heads, but all the talking heads were seeing demons. There were no yeah. talking heads that came from the world of science or medicine, which is what concerned me the most. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, it, there was nothing to, yeah, to, to counter the, the storytelling. And it's unfortunate because I feel like it perpetuated some of these things and, and validated them. Um, and that's, uh, I don't think that's what these people needed. Uh, it's unfortunate, um, entertaining, but un uh, unfortunate. Uh, but I, mean, I, I think in the world of documentaries, whether you consider this one or not, and in my opinion, this is a weaker one in comparison to some documentaries that have done their research from all different uh, facets of a topic, but I, I just get a really uneasy watching documentaries knowing that people may have profited off of people who were not well and that goes not just for mental illness but like you know people who were physically or mentally or emotionally abused like all these different things and they're not seeing any light at the end of the tunnel here this is just here's my story yeah and that's it there's no hope at the end of it there's no you know um I won't say at the end of the documentary there isn't, but as a whole, it's not a hopeful story. It's kind of, I don't know. It it makes me sad to be honest. Yeah, it, it's uh, there. There is a yeah. They're they're being taken advantage of uh, by this filmmaker. Uh, it, it that part of it uh, disturbs me a little bit, but I can't help but think, hey, look, you know, I had this experience. This is you know, if it wasn't for the fact that you mentioned sleep paralysis before I watched it. Uh, I wouldn't have, because I turned it on, and I think I told you, like I start, I watched it, and I was watching it in bed at night, but with you know my wife is already asleep, and I'm like, Ugh. so like seven minutes into it, I'm like, oh shit, this is too much, and I had to go and look it up, because I'm like, she mentioned sleep paralysis, I need to go see what sleep paralysis is, because this is too creepy, right? So I dive into the internet and start looking up at definitions and. Uh, Etc. And I quickly find out that it's more of a medical condition and a problem with you know the brain, and that it happens more often with younger people than it does with older people. And so I'm like, oh well, I haven't had this happen in years, you know. So probably we'll never get it again. And uh, more reason to stay health healthy, sleep right, and you know, be happy. I mean, in these days with like it's a weird term, but like sleep hygiene, just like cleaner sleep. I won't lie to you. There have been times where I had a really boring day and I invited in weird nightmares. I watch stuff before bed often that is like nightmarish. Yeah. And I'd have these really vivid, interesting, scary dreams, which yeah, it, it's scary when if you're lucid, which I can lucid dream, which means I can control my dreams and know I'm dreaming some of the time. So if I realize I'm in a dream, that's awesome because I can control it. Yeah. But if I don't, that's very, very scary. 
And sometimes, let's be honest, we all get off on being a little scared sometimes. It's like that's part of the thrill of like a horror movie or a thriller. And sometimes if you have a boring day, my dream life's super interesting. But then I have to remember, I let that happen. Yeah. You know, I didn't, you know, if I wanted to prevent that, I could have had a glass of water, not eaten two hours before bed, had no alcoholic drinks, watched no horror movies, and gone to bed like a good little girl, and I probably would have been fine. But but that's let's going back to the paranormal topic, think about that. So Ouija boards, another thing that's in the exorcist. Oh Jesus. You're inviting something in, right? So someone can't tell me, oh, I don't know how this happened. There's something in my house. Well, if you believe in paranormal stuff or not, well, I guess if you do believe in it, if you don't, then you don't. But if you do believe in it and something weird starts happening and you were part of the reason it came in or you invited something, just like your mom had to bless the house when you saw something, someone invites something in, like that's your own problem. <laughs> that's your own problem. <laughs> I'm not there for you if you're doing that because uh-uh, I'm not messing with that. But it, again, these people in this documentary were going to sleep knowing or hoping or expecting something to happen. Yeah. And many of them said throughout the documentary, oh, I told the girl sleeping next to me or I told my boyfriend who was sleeping next to me that I had this. And then they woke up and said, that thing you explained to me, I just had it happen too. Mm -hmm. So it's the power of suggestibility here. Like yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, it's the paranormal STD here. <laughs> We're just passing it around. In a <laughs> Speaking of which, did you ever see that movie? It, it follows me or it follows it you. Follows. It follows. It follows. That, it's been a while, but yeah. Yeah. This is, a, it has a little bit of that, right? Where it kind of chases you. That movie's so crazy scary. There's, when there's the idea, so this is what a lot of my nightmares are based in. Something, it's a man is trying to get me. There's a dark figure, it's trying to get me. Uh -huh. I know it wants something from me. I don't know what it is. Uh -huh. Not, it's not necessarily to hurt me, but it, it needs me for something and I don't want any part of it. Uh -huh. And that's a really scary thought. I feel like that's scarier than like, you know, the Ooga Booga monster you're afraid of when you're three years old, like he's purple and 10 feet tall. Like this is a very, like almost like an intruder. It's, it's a man, it's the shape of a man. So it's mm -hmm. not so otherworldly. Like if it looks bonkers and I can go, uh, explain that away, that's not real. But when something looks like a physical person in your bedroom and you, and you see this when you're in sleep paralysis, this yeah. is something I've only experienced a few times here and there over the years. But for people who have severe depression and are really not taking care of themselves, again, they're inviting this in and there's a way to prevent this. Yeah. In a way, either you take medication or you see a doctor or you just change your sleep habits and take better care of yourself. And that's something that's really easy to do. But these people in this documentary, are, are they're not choosing to do that. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but some of these people look really worn out. Oh, yeah. They Ooh, don't. Yeah. They don't look. They're, they're, they're not like... These people are not gym rats. None, not, not one of these people know what uh, freaking uh, CrossFit is. And yeah. not to make it, let's not make assumptions about people, but a couple of people look like they've touched the meth more than once in their life. So, <laughs> again, it's like, and here's the thing. Again, I don't want to make jokes about addiction. Addiction is a terrible thing. But if you already have all that other stuff going on and we don't know your background, 
how much am I gonna trust your story? Like, I just, yeah. I find it hard. It's easier to believe someone when they are coming at it, maybe after the fact, maybe they're over this hump, it's no longer a part of their life, but yeah. all of these people still, it's a part of their life in some way. Yeah, I can't help, there's a something, there's plenty of like problems here. It's just some, like we said, maybe, you know, uh, bad sleep hygiene, drugs, PTSD maybe, who knows. Mm -hmm. But, but I, I can't help but think that in a lot of these cases, uh, these people were, were again, tripping and they're leaving that out of the story. Like you're not, like the director is not being honest in, in, in his portrayal of these people. And, and it's because he wants to continue to perpetuate this scary monster sitting on my chest story, you know? But I, I gotta admit that that one story where the guy is sleeping and he's got that demon monster thing talking to him and telling him that he's gonna like, I guess, eat him or kill him or whatever, uh, was crazy. I was just like, oh, well, you know, he's just, you know, he's just tripping, you know, like he's just, you know, he's, he's having another sleep paralysis episode. But then when his girlfriend wakes up and says, there is a cat sitting on my chest and he was talking shit to you. And I'm like, what? Cats can do that? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Again, this is like a product of the STD. Yes. <laughs> they're just passing this information back and forth and they're perpetuating things. It's, it's just like any topic. Like if you and I were to talk about a topic and tackle it from a couple different perspectives, then we might talk to somebody else and they might change their views on it and they might start looking at things a certain way because it's brought up, because they're talking about it. Now, if that girl never met that guy, she probably wouldn't have seen a cat on her chest. She probably wouldn't have felt like there was a demon in the room. Yeah. And, and it's also interesting how people like see it differently. Like, again, there's history about cats. I read an article about a musician who has sleep paralysis who sees like Death Eaters from Harry Potter, like these big black hooded yeah. figures. Yeah. It's different for everybody. And for me personally, again, it wasn't, I didn't have the effects of I can't move for minutes and minutes at a time. That to me, that physical like amplification of sleep paralysis, not the paranormal ideas or the mental part, the idea that you can't move and you feel like something is right next to you. That is scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. That's actually has happened to me. Really? Yeah. It has happened. Well, not where they're like next to me, but where I can't move and there's something in the room. Like that has happened to me. Being able to move thing is probably the scariest part to me because I've woken up before where I've kicked something, like I had a dresser and I woke up and hurt my foot because I kicked it. But I was waking myself up of, out of a situation where I kind of woke up and I was in sleep paralysis for a few seconds and I was trying to get out of it because I felt something like scary in the room with me and I just, I did what my physical body could do and it, that woke myself up because I hit my foot so hard that I like it hurt and it woke me up. Because mm. I, I mean, it, it's a scary feeling to feel like you don't have control. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, you know the the other the I had one of those dreams where I was I was getting chased and it was something scary and and this this happened not too long ago uh, and I had to and and I was I I had in the dream I can't remember what it, what happened exactly but I was. I was faced with having to fight whatever was coming after me. And I was sleeping next to my daughter. And I actually threw a physical punch. And, and she lives on a, she lives, she sleeps on a bunk bed. 
And so she was sleeping next to me on the bottom bunk bed. And I punched the, the, the wood slats uh, above us because I thought I was punching something for real. And I'm like, I punched it and that woke me up. And I'm like, whoa, thank God I punched upwards, you know, instead of sideways. Yeah. But, but I remember thinking like, I gotta, like, I can't remember what it was. Uh, but I said, I got to be careful what I eat before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, what you watch, what you eat. Like mm -hmm. they even say, again, certain foods, obviously, if someone was taking the last tweak of the night from their crack pipe, like that's probably <laughs> not helping either. Yeah. But even little things, like most of us have weird dreams because of what we eat or because of what we watched or maybe like you had a really hard day mentally and you're trying to process stuff in your dreams. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, when you get... I haven't gotten like physical like that many times in my life. I have kicked people in bed before. I remember growing up <laughs> traveling with my mom. She would never want to sleep in the same bed as me because we'd always get two double beds for me, my mom and my brother. He always got his own bed, which wasn't fair. But then she sometimes would sleep with him because she was like, you just kick me all night long. And, <laughs> and I just wonder like what, if there's anything to that. But like as a kid, I don't remember fighting anything off. I just remember being kind of like a restless sleeper. But, yeah. but I mean, it's a scary idea to think that you don't have control. Like think about real, like reality. If someone in a dark hooded figure was coming at you in real life down an alley, you can run the other way. Yeah. If you're in sleep paralysis they're right up in your grill and you can't do anything about it. And that, and if you don't have that ability to go, Oh, I'm dreaming or I'm in between like sleep and waking, you know, then you don't know. You're just yeah. scared. Yeah. One, one of the things too, with the story I, I told before where I saw the red figure, um, I figured that I was just seeing things and I was calm. I was not freaking out. So I didn't start freaking out till the thing wouldn't go the hell away. And, and that was, that was, that was a part was just like, then I was like, ah, but I had complete motion. Like I had, was able to move because when I, woke, when I woke up, I looked down and this is the thing that I keep thinking to myself, why did I know to look down? Like, how come I knew to look down? I, I still don't get it, but I looked down and there it was. And I remember looking down and then looking up because thinking that it might be my eyes. And I looked up and there's, you know, it's just a wall, but I looked down and there it is right at the foot of my bed where it was before I looked away. So there's some kind of, there's something about, you ever see, uh, you know, how, you know how augmented reality works in some mm -hmm. cases, there are symbols and you pass the phone or the thing that you're using to view the augmented reality thing and it triggers the visual. I can't help but think that the, the hallucinations that you're having or that we're having or people that, that people have, is triggered by some pattern in the room and, and therefore that's why it seems real because the objects in the room dictate the not only the pattern but also kind of it's the symbol that the augmented reality uh image uses to anchor itself to to the environment you're in so i i can't help that that sleep paralysis works very similarly in, uh, at least the hallucinations do very similarly work very similarly to augmented reality. I'm trying to think of like an instance where like nightmares, when I think about my nightmares, sometimes I'll see my house the way it used to look, but the rooms are in the wrong place, you know, and yeah. the doors are in different places. 
or I think I'm at work, or I think I'm at my, my high school, someplace that is somewhat familiar, but there's always something off, right? There's stairways that go the wrong way. There's the people that are there that shouldn't be there. And that's why when my lucid mind kicks in in my dreams and I go, ah, oh, I'm dreaming, mm -hmm. I'm safe. Okay, I can control this. But, and it is rooted in some kind of reality because you do have some kind of reference point. Either there's that, your kitchen from when you grew up or whatever, but there's something that's not right about it. In terms of like augmented reality, when I think of like, okay, when you go to a museum and you, you click on the box and yeah, it opens up into this new world. Like there was a Dolly exhibit I went to, uh, Salvador Dolly down in Florida a couple years ago. And you were like physically in this with the VR um, headset and you're experiencing these different worlds. That's it cool. was all rooted in the home, you know, the home place. So it was like, you started off in this one Dolly painting and then you went all to his other works. And it was rooted in that home place though, and you could always get back there. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an interesting concept of being able to get home or safe. But if you can't realize that you're in that moment, whether that's sleep paralysis or a nightmare, if you don't realize it's happening, then you can't root yourself back to home and get yourself awake. You know, you sometimes just have to lay there and wait for it to happen. Yeah. I, I've actually had dreams where it was like, this is a horrible dream. I can't, I can't seem to like, and I'm having these thoughts as I'm dreaming. So it's like, this is a horrible dream. I can't seem to do anything to alter the dream or change what I'm dreaming. And I just sit there and let it happen. I was like, I got nothing to do, but let this happen. And it was just sitting there horrified for, I don't know what it so seems. You can an read lots of stuff about lucid dreaming and get control of that. And again, like dream work, it's all very like, woohoo, I'm up yeah. in Sedona with the red rocks and I got all my stones and, you know, burning our, burning yeah. our stage and killing all the bad things. Um, I believe in science first and foremost before anything, but I do think that dream work, your dreams, whether they're nightmares, whether they're things you can control, it's something coming from your personal experiences, your own brain. Mm -hmm. You can get yourself to go, hey, I can control this situation by changing it. I've done that where I've said, turn this field into mm -hmm. a swimming pool. And I've done it in my dream. And that's when it's cool because lucid dreaming is like a party. It's like, especially in terms of like self-isolation. Hello? Yeah, we froze. Yeah. I wonder what happened there. I was like, I, I froze mid like hand talking with my hands. <laughs> yeah, I saw the I saw the waving of the hands. I think that's what but in my hands. <laughs> okay, so hold on. Let me see. Let me see if it's maybe my internet. Um, well, it did it to both of us though. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, um. But yeah, you were saying that uh, when you're lucid dreaming, then that, that's when it gets to be cool. Yeah, because I mean, you can control things to a certain degree. If you work enough at your dream work, which again, it's a real thing. You can Google it because it must be true if it's on the internet. Um, <laughs> but there's books about it and there's even pills you could take, which I don't need to take them because I, I can do it. But there are like... Um, organic like vitamin type pills that are natural that kind of like stimulate these things in your brain but I think at that point it's never going to change the dream so if the dream like I've had dreams where a shark's about to eat me 
I can like dodge the shark and go somewhere else, but it doesn't change the fact that it happened, mm. but I can, so it doesn't necessarily make it fun, but if it's a positive dream, then yes, you can control the outcome. I did a little bit of flying. I could do all that kind of stuff, but it takes a lot of work because I started from a place where I said, I have really bad dreams and I want to control them a little more because you know, you're, even if a dream only goes on for four minutes, it feels like four hours when you're in it, you know? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Sometimes it does feel like a long time. There was one dream I had where I swear it was real. And when I woke up, it felt like I was asleep for years. And I'm like, holy cow, I almost forgot this existed. Yep. One, one really scary thing that happened uh, a while ago, and I don't know if I told you, but um, I was, I was ex actually at jiu-jitsu and I was, practice, I was rolling with one of the guys and I had underestimated uh, his grips. I, and I, I thought, eh, he's, he's got nothing, I'm gonna be able to get out of this. And so I went, I kind of, I just, I did the wrong thing and I got myself choked out. But as I went out, like all of a sudden I was in a white room. So I was wrestling. Next thing you know, I'm in a white room and I don't remember much about the white room, but it was whiter than white. Like it was super white and there were these clouds that had like a pink type shadow underneath so they were white and pink and they were at my feet right and so in this room there were other people and it was like they were having a party and um i was talking to them and they were laughing but essentially i was kind of dead you know what I'm saying? Were you in between? Were you in a waiting room? Was there, I, were there magazines? <laughs> I don't remember. Maybe there were magazines. Whatever there was, everybody was pretty happy. And people were laughing. And I was there for what seemed to be like 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. And then suddenly I felt... What seemed to be, uh, you know how when your arm falls asleep, mm. you feel those tingling needles? Yeah. I felt that throughout my body and I woke up. And when I woke up, the black belt was looking over me all scared. He was holding onto my feet and he was looking at me like scared. And he was like, ha, 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 ha. And he starts laughing, right? But they pick up your feet so that you get the blood going back to your head, right? So, and, and, the, and first of all, first of all, like my brain didn't have any blood, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. So I didn't recognize him for like the first couple of seconds. I didn't know who he was. And then as the blood started flowing again, I'm like, oh, this is my jujitsu instructor. And I'm thinking, what's the jujitsu instructor doing in my bedroom? Right. Yeah. I look around and then there's all I'm, I'm surrounded by, you know, the other dudes of the class and they're looking down at me and I'm thinking, what are you guys doing in my bedroom? Like you assholes played a trick on me, didn't you? Like you like I'm in the I'm in the forest someplace, aren't I? This is some kind of stupid joke. You moved me while I was asleep in the middle of the night somehow. 
And then I realized, oh shit, wait a minute. Today is Friday. I woke up, went to work, came here, did all this stuff, then came to class. And then like, it took me like 30 minutes to realize where the day, where I was in my day. And I, that was like the trippiest thing. That in itself, like the forgetting of things. And it took a while for me to kind of remember everything and I kind of pieced it together. So like if, if that guy would have held on to me a little longer, I probably would have died or I would have been brain dead. But with that said, uh, it, it would have to be like, you know, a long period of time. But, yeah. it, you know, I was out for a while. But anyway, like the trippy part of that is what the fuck happened with that white room shit? Is well, that... The brain is weird. The brain, like, you know, the brain's a complex thing. And they only started looking at the brain from a science perspective so many hundreds of years ago. Like, before that, like, there's still things that are unknown, right? And mm -hmm. what you're explaining, I've heard people who have been on a hospital bed about to die who've gone in and out of some version of that um, and then got rooted back and realized, I'm alive, I'm good. But yeah. when they're brain or their body or whatever was shutting down because it wasn't getting again the oxygen or the blood where it should be uh -huh. they saw things which were some people have said they've seen colors rushing at them mm. or a typical like not a stairway but like a way to go up to something that they think they're supposed to go up to like an escalator type deal or they've seen the white light or the white room of some form uh -huh. and I also know people in my family that have passed away. Like they've seen people at the end of their bed before they're dead, Ooh. but they're going into that, like they're fading away. They call it death rattle, which is a terrible term. But when people start really going into the process of dying, they start seeing things and they'll say these things out loud. And, you know, I see this person or this guy's looking at me. He's at the bottom of my bed. What's he looking at me for? I'm like, there's no one there they're seeing stuff we don't see. So the, the cool part about all this is that maybe there's some truth rooted in all these stories. Maybe it's all related or maybe we're just fantastically making things up because our brains are really powerful tools. You know, yeah. there's really not an answer at the end of the day and we can only explain and explain away so many different things. For sure. And, and again, it had to have been some kind of hallucination, right? that I was having or some kind of weird dream that I was having, but it would seem like I was like, I apparently from what they can tell, I was probably out for a good 10 seconds. So you went somewhere else, but I was there for like, yeah, but I, I felt like I was there for like a good 30, 40 minutes. And not only was I there, I didn't, while I was there, I did not remember this life. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like while I was there, none of I don't I didn't remember that I was me, that I had kids, that none of that. None, I was just something else in this other in this other place. And I kid with the guys about oh don't don't send me to the white room, you know, while we're wrestling. But I also kid around with the idea that we might be living in a simulation. Again, I'm kidding. A whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> But this is, I can't help but think that that crazy dream was just, just a freaking crazy dream. But the, 
the the timing of it is so crazy because it's like I was there 30 minutes and uh but in reality I was only there 10 seconds and that is the trippiest part of it for me well you froze again yeah you I, I see you can you can you hear me okay this keeps happening all right it's 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 the people in the white room. They don't want us to know we're talking about them. Yes, yes. The uh, the uh, the computer overlords that have us in our simulations don't want us to know. Don't want it's, other people to no, find that's out. That's really that's like. There. Have you seen that movie? Oh shoot! Now I'm gonna forget the name of it. Now, it was based on a graphic novel, and it's like virtual reality. Oh shoot. It's totally escaping my brain right now what it was. But there's a movie where they like simulate. It's a book, but there's also a movie version. Oh, um, the Player One. Oh, Player One or Ender's Game? Yeah. So play, the, Player One. So that one, um, the film version is different than the book, but they do this whole thing. In the book, I forget. I read the book, but in the book, there's a specific um, scene that they like simulate but in the movie version it's the shining so they're playing the music from the shining during the scene and they're going in and out of like the book the shining and there's all of the scary characters and stuff and it's like they're living in another dimension than this but they're going in and out of it and whenever you think of that kind of stuff it's like maybe there are these untapped worlds and we're just this little where there's these little people on earth i mean same could go for, yeah, there's UFOs in the sky and other galaxies we don't know about. I mean, at the end of the day, we're pretty insignificant. We think we're pretty significant. We're pretty small. Yeah. When you consider how big the universe is anyway. Yeah, for real. I mean, if, if, the, uh, if everything on this planet died, you know, it, it wouldn't make a, it wouldn't, like the rest of the universe wouldn't care. Well, just like when one of us dies, it's sad, but you know, we carry on. Someone yeah. we love dies and... We don't know what they went to. We know what we're still in, but we don't know what's coming after. And it's like, and we don't know what else is out there. And honestly, I don't know if I need to know. <laughs> I mean, we got some time. We got a couple of decades where I could figure it out. Um, but I, I just, yeah, we don't really know. There's lots of unknowns out there. And for anyone to speak really super intelligently on any of these topics, I don't think they can. No, no. And this is not the podcast for that either. No. I'm, not, I'm not that dude. <laughs> dropping some knowledge <laughs> no dropping some knowledge no that's definitely not me <laughs> yeah. all right so i think we should call it quits yeah, i think we got a good amount of stuff there yeah i'm gonna see how this turns out uh we had a few interruptions with the recording of this but uh hopefully hopefully it's nothing nothing major yeah and if you want to jump on and do a few more minutes of something just let me know Absolutely. I'll totally, I'll totally take you up on that. Uh, what do you want to watch next? Is there anything on your list? I, I have been like binging so much random stuff. It's hard to keep track. Honestly, like in terms of a film, I've not done like a single film or like anything um, that's been not anything worth talking about. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I'd be, I'd be down to do pretty much anything. Cause I, you know, I like movies. Um, let me see. I'm thinking, well, what I've been watching lately is, uh, it's a heavy topic. Uh, and uh, like I said, I, I don't, I don't really want to talk about too much about race, but I can't help but say, uh, the Watchmen, like I've been watching the Watchmen mm -hmm. and 
I mean, damn, that, that show is good. You know, uh, have you seen or no? I've seen some of it. Yeah. 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 What do you think of it? Is that not? No, I could get back into it. I just would have to probably go for the same. I mean, it depends. Like, what are you, what have you seen of it? I've seen, I think up to like the third episode or fourth episode, fourth episode where the, uh, one of the former watchmen show up and she's like a FBI agent. Oh yeah. 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 So that's I mean, a, I can rewatch it and catch up that way. We could talk about the same thing. I just haven't gotten back into, there have been a lot of things where I started the first couple and then I was like, and now I'm going to jump over here. <laughs> I've been doing like way too much of that. Like kind of yeah. like, comedy horror documentary forgetting to finish a series and i'm not a good binger i'll be honest yeah yeah I'm a bad binger i get really like bored or like i want to shift topics so then i like that's why i have to save stuff to my watch list or i'll totally forget that i started it sometimes yeah i save stuff to my watch list and then never look at my watch list well that that's the other thing and then if it doesn't, sometimes you'll save it there and it doesn't populate all of them. Mm. And I'm like, I swore I saved something here and I go back and it's not there. And I'm like, I guess I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because they'll, you know, depending on the service, they'll kick the things out, right? Yeah. And obviously now on Netflix and whatnot, there are a lot of really great pieces on race that have been, you know, populating on Netflix and um, Prime. So I've watched a fair amount of those things too. But I think that with everything coming, and again, Netflix is just, they're, they're pushing thing out, things out so quickly. There's so much garbage. Like, I'm like, how many tween dramas do we need or one-off, like, hokey movies? Make some real good quality content, or I legit will delete you, Netflix, and stick with Prime and Hulu and everything else. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. getting a little sad. Like, and even the quality of the streaming in the, in the uh, video, mm -hmm. it's not as good as Prime. Prime is, like, sharp as hell. Oh, I wonder if it has something more to do with, like, the, their, like, algorithm or, like, technology and stuff and how they handle them. The same thing. And I honestly, I feel like Prime, anytime I watch something on there, I don't like the experience as much because I'm used to watching Netflix. But everything's just sharper and cleaner. And I'm like... Hmm. And I have a new TV, so it's not like the TV. It's just the streaming service. So, yeah. But, well, let me. Well, if you got let me let me, um, let me pull together a list. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. And and I'll I'll send it over to you, and we can talk about um, cool what you want to watch. Because yeah, I'll I'll be down to do whatever. And if there's a topic you want to talk about, just in particular, like I'm down for that as well. All right. Unicorns. Unicorns. <laughs> is, this not, is this not an adult topic? <laughs> uh, I don't know about unicorns. I don't know. You see, the other thing too is it's like, I, I was about to say, well, my demographic that listens to this show may not like <laughs> unicorns. But, I, you know, my demographic is, you know, three people. <laughs> but, but, I'm guessing, but like what you typically talk about are like, again, there isn't there isn't a you you're you're getting in on the ground floor of this so no but i know what like your interests are movie wise like i know what stuff you would gravitate towards versus not like you're not watching tom hanks like meg ryan comedies in your free time so uh your interests are in general i i will watch anything if 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 you think it's good and if i watch it and i don't think it's good we just won't talk about it but um I have very good taste in everything. <laughs> no, honestly, 
honestly, it's so funny to me that my mom used to be like, oh, she'd have to wait till five people talked to her about a movie and said it was good before I did. Yeah. I used to write movie reviews and I love movies and I have studied film and I understand it and I can tell the difference. Like if I see a preview, I could be like, crap from a mile away, crap. Sure enough, it comes out 23% on Rotten Tomatoes. I could see a preview and go, that shit's going to be good. And it's like winning Oscars. Like I always am right on that stuff. Uh But like, again, interests are all different, right? A lot of people don't want to see a movie about a fish that makes out with a girl, that Shape of Water movie. Like not, that's not for everybody. You know? I actually saw that movie. For some people. Yeah, but you know, some people would see that and go, what the hell is this crap? Like some people don't get stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, who, who's a Guillermo del, no, Guillermo del Toro, del Toro right? Yeah. So he's got great movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Him, like there's a certain like level of director, which I feel like if you get that art house stuff mm-hmm. mixed with the sci-fi, mixed with the drama, then you're good to go. But there's some people that I've taken to see movies that are just like, I don't get it, or that's dumb, or mm. they'd really like to go see whatever, you know, the lowest common denominator is going to see that weekend, which most of my friends don't. They're into the same stuff I'm into. And I know mm. you like artsy, weird, interesting stuff. So yeah. I know the kind of stuff you like and don't like. My like my tastes run the gamut. Like I, I could watch anything and everything, but it has to be good in its own little world. So if it is a romantic comedy, it has to be like the best romantic comedy ever, you know? You know what romantic comedy I enjoyed lately was the the one with the with the heavy set uh Australian comedian. Rebel Wilson. Yeah, Rebel Wilson. She Did was you in watch a- the, the one that makes fun of romantic comedies? Yes, that one. Yeah. I lo- that one was fun. Yeah, because it's well, it's making fun of the whole genre genre yeah. but no i thought that was that was i saw that um yeah it just popped up on my netflix and uh, again not something i probably would have paid to see in the theater and i guarantee everyone who went to see it was like on a date night uh-huh. um but it was entertaining she's cute it's fun it's it's harmless you know it's yeah. like one of those things yeah yeah I, I just liked some of the i i like the fact that it kind of took on that 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 genre and kind of didn't really flip it on his head as much as it was like, hey, look at the ridiculous thing about, you know, this particular genre, you know? But it makes you laugh because even though you know exactly what it's going to be, you still enjoy it. And like, I just like all the opening shots of New York with the dumb hokey song, like Michelle Branch playing the piano. (laughs) Taking my way downtown, walking fast. It's like, oh my God, every stupid romantic comedy has a song like that. And everyone's like happy. And then again, New York looks beautiful, which is like, New York is a scum bucket of garbage. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the best part of it. It was just like she comes out and just like, where's this place? You know, like, like flowers <laughs> and beautiful and cake shops every other <laughs> Oh, and then there was like the jump cut that they did. It's just like, how did we get here so fast? <laughs> oh, also when they did um because it was PG thirteen and she couldn't swear, or they had the sex scene, but she couldn't jump back to the sex scene. <laughs> She's like, wait, come back. Wait, what happened? I'm awake again. Like, <laughs> that's PG-13 for you. <laughs> uh, uh, what I, the only problem I, I disliked about it is that she, she woke up. And then, and then she was back in the real world. And I was just like... Yeah, and then, of course, she realized who she really liked. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 But I, I mean... It's always going to end up hokey, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't... Don't tell me it's a dream. You know, don't, 
because then all the shit that has happened, you know, didn't happen. It's all, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just in her head, which is like, I hate any movie like that where, like, it was all a dream. You're like, you just made me spend an hour and a half, you know. I was invested in yeah. the outcome of this, and now you're telling me I could have just turned my brain off for an hour and a half. Thanks. <laughs> all right, like, well. And I'll look at it and I'll add whatever I have. But I'll be honest, most days after work, I like watch like five episodes of SVU. I'm just deep into the like really depressing world of cops and rape, which is horrible. I can't watch that show, man. If you have kids, it's probably really hard to watch. But like that's my mom had that job in Chicago. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. So she dealt with kids cases. So like she wouldn't talk to me about that stuff, but she'd always be like, you're lucky to be living with me. But, um, oh man. Yeah. And honestly, me watching it, like, I don't get emotionally like invested in it. I can watch it just and be like, kind of like zone it out. But when some of the heavier, hard hitting episodes that are like really too real, which you could tell they based on real stories, that's like, okay, that's a little disturbing. And I can't watch that before bed because then I would just have like predator dreams or something. Yeah. Like, uh, we, me and my wife used to watch a show. Um, quite a bit before before we had kids and once she had once she got pregnant and started and and the baby thing started being real and we found out that it was a girl we just couldn't watch it anymore we couldn't stomach the show so we haven't seen that show in quite a while i've never watched it before in my life i started watching it after we uh came home for uh quarantine so um (laughs) it's funny i'd never seen it before ever and then i'm like Everyone's always talked about this, so I should watch it. And I love Mariska Hargate. I like the woman a lot. And I like the Chris Maloney guy, too. But it's just, I don't know. It, I, I am more creeped out at the end of the day by true crime and documentaries than I am by something like that. Although it's based in reality, I know the stuff goes on. I can remove my brain from that a bit. It's when you see a documentary about, like, the real stuff that you're like, woof, okay, that, that's too much for me. Cause I watched this one about a woman who got kidnapped. It's called kidnapped in plain sight or in plain sight. And it's a family friend that was abusing this girl and then like kidnapped her a couple times and convinced her that they were in love. And of course did everything to her. That's horrible. Oh. And I watched it more than once because I couldn't wrap my head around how the parents let this happen. If you ever were to watch this, it's the most, you can remove yourself to an extent because you would never be as naive as these people. It's like they invited this man into their home mm-hmm. and never thought it was weird about how he acted or what he did. And they were, this was before like the term pedophile was known. So it's like, they just thought he was a nice neighbor and it's like, Oh no, 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 no. Now these days watching it, most adults have been like, how could they have not known? Are they yeah. stupid? They put her in danger, which I totally agree with. But it was a different time where people were just naive, but they were naive as F, like, believe me, like, dumb. Yeah, yeah, my, my wife has done a really good job of, like, talking to the kids about this kind of stuff. And um, we've, you know, because I practice martial arts and all that stuff, I've, I've taught the kids a few things. But some of these assholes, they're so psychopathic, right? So they, 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 they just have a way of getting past all the, all the barriers, right? So no matter how well you teach your kids or no matter how well you try to defend them or, or try to you know, build 
build them up so that this kind of thing doesn't happen. If, if these things, these people, you know, target them, you're in trouble. It's, it's really, it's really scary. Thing, like it, in this story, and honestly, I think you should watch it just because I wouldn't watch it like when you're in a bad mood or, you know, when you're wanting to whatever. But I think it's interesting because it shows you how these people infiltrate from the inside. Yeah. It's not a white van and a guy with candy. It's people yeah. you know, it's your neighbors, it's that weird dude down the block. And that's not to assume that every guy who lives alone on the block is a predator. That's not right to make that assumption. But you have to be super vigilant and you can't just have your kids trusting everybody. And when they're in a situation like say the martial arts, like if you have new people in that community, they've kind of made that probably a trusted community because you're involved in it. But there's other people in that community coming and going. So you always have to just kind of keep your eyes and ears open, whether that's, you know, they're playing baseball or they're doing theater, whatever they're doing, just keeping your eyes and ears open because even my brother, my mom said, like, if someone tries to take you or says they have something, say no. A guy pulled up saying he had candy and video games in a van. My brother and his friend were about to get in the back of the van. And I had to pull them out. I screamed at the top of my lungs at the guy. I yelled for my mom. And my mom's like, what did I tell you? I'm like, your son's a freaking moron, for one thing. I'm like, my, I'm a year and a half older than him. And I'm like, hey, dumbass. Oh, he said he had. I'm like, what did mom tell you a thousand effing times? Like, some kids are just, they're like super focused on what can I get as yeah. to, hi, mom and dad can buy me that. This is a person who wants something from me that they shouldn't. I don't know them. Like point blank, you don't know somebody, you don't go in their van. Yeah. It was like the easiest rule you make for your kids and my brother was about to break it for a video game. Jesus Christ, man. And, and yeah, and they, they have their things. They have their ways, right? Um, but one of the things oh, that I'm- and a cunning personality for sure oh for sure they're they're, they're very charismatic they're very they're, they're they know how to get past all those social barriers but like and again they can easily get in with the parents and the parents might not even know it because they're such a shining star which is the guy in this documentary he's their neighbor and he was this big personality and everyone loved him well he's still an adult man so you yeah. need to do your homework on these people yeah. Well, like, luckily, we've got all those systems in place anyway, right? If someone has done something, you're going to know right away if they're in your neighborhood. Yeah. History is, which, but if they've never done it before, have never gotten caught, you know? You know, one of the things I'm grateful for is too is, is like in this, in, in the jujitsu community, especially, I've been in, in, a, in two different, under two different instructors at this point, and the instructors will not miss a beat if they detect an asshole or someone that can ruin the environment of, of the school, they will kick that person out. They, will, they, they do not hesitate. They, they will be like, Hey, you, I'm sorry. You know, here's your money back or whatever. Um, you're not welcome here. Well, also just in general, like certain, give me a second. Sure. Um, in general, oops, I flipped my screen upside down. There we go. Um, in general, like, there's they have the right to do that first of all and second of all there's a certain type of personality that lends itself to that kind of practice and if you come in the door to jujitsu as a new person and you're like a napoleon complex short man syndrome i'm the boss i can kick everybody's butt 
Yeah. That's not the personality you guys are looking for in that environment, period. So you can kind of weed them out depending on a variety of things, I imagine. Yeah, there's a, there, like just the, the natural order of things in, in, the, in the gym. Like some, depending on the personality, some people just don't make it through to Blue Belt just because of weak of mind or the inability to kind of physically keep up or whatever. But also authority too. There's a, a respect thing with jujitsu. And if some people walk in the door with, I got this, I'm a badass, I could kick your butt. That's not yeah. what it's about. Like, so you need yeah. to like reevaluate all that before you show up here. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and thankfully the instructors are pretty good. Like everybody I've met so far, I've been pretty good about getting rid of people. Yeah. Um, you need to fall in the line. Like there's too many people that walk into a situation with like my personality and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. And I'm like, I know when to tone it down. I know when to stop and to listen to people. I know when someone is trying to instruct me, mm-hmm. but then you've always got those, like, I shouldn't say just guys. I'm sure it's women too, but you, mm-hmm. you often have these guys that come in thinking they already know everything. And that goes for everything in life, right? Whether it's a yeah. business class or jujitsu and they just, they just think that they are hot shit and they know everything. And it's like, no, we can all learn something. We all have something new to learn. Oh yeah. And they, they quickly learn real fast. That they know nothing. <laughs> that they, yeah, that they don't know anything or that this is a completely different animal and whatever they could have a black belt and something else, but this is, this is a different thing. But I have okay. a black belt in life, Edgar. <laughs> oh, by the way, have you ever seen the movie Return to Oz talking of disturbing movies? Is that one with the girl from um, The Craft? The Craft. Yes, I have seen that. Peruza Balk. I don't think, I think it's either for purchase. I don't think you can stream it at all. I think mm-hmm. it might be for purchase or on, maybe on, it's on Disney Plus because it's a Disney movie, even it, though it's. Oh, yeah, that is. Really disturbing. But I don't know if you remember the, the characters in that, the wheelers, they're on like roller skates. Yes. They're creepy. I got this pin. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, wow. And it's of one of the scary wheeler things. My and friend it, sent it to me. I was like, what is this? She goes, it's from Etsy. It's, it's the creepy thing from Return to Oz. I'm like, what? I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> Which is, you know, also really h- hilarious is that everybody was wearing these trendy backpacks in the fall last year and like had their pins on it on the train. So I bought one of these overpriced backpacks and started putting pins on it. Yeah, guess what? Don't go to a job downtown anymore. Don't wear a backpack. So that was all a waste of money. <laughs> oh man, I I I kind of enjoy not having to go downtown because I you know it was like three hour it was a three hour oh, commute you know every day for me. Yeah. But but at the same time I I do miss you know being downtown you know just going downtown you know being well, at a different summer, place too especially uh, for me like I would do things downtown after work. And my whole argument with living where I live now, which I'm sure you are experiencing a bit too, is that I'm not near downtown and all the cool stuff. So it was kind of nice to be able to go to work and then be separated with my house. Now it's like, I'm always here. I'm not enjoying that part of it. Mm. And while I like not having to go and I'm saving money, like I was talking to Kate about this yesterday, like I'm saving so much money by not having to commute and she's like, yeah, I take a morning every uh, walk every morning to get my coffee just so I feel like I've been somewhere before I start huh. my day. I'm like, that's smart. I need to start taking morning walks or runs because I literally get out of bed, shower on the days I shower, 
and then I'm right on my computer. So it's like, there's no separation of work and home. And that's the part that kind of is like cabin fever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you. Uh, I have, uh, I've actually, me and my, uh, my cousins have started talking shit to each other again. And so we, we're now doing that fitness challenge thing again. Oh yeah. 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 yeah this time we we're going to get, we have a heavyweight, like one of those like belts that you see in like, oh, yeah. so yeah. We're, we're doing, we're doing one of those challenges and uh, we're going to start July 1st, but we've already started all the shit talking. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start that part early. Yeah. That, that, that's like the first thing that starts that we've invited a couple other people on. So we, I, I don't know if they're prepared for the amount of crap that we say to each other, <laughs> but there's a lot of fat jokes. There's a lot I of you guys doing this and like, it got really competitive. Yeah. Like uh, one guy was uh, sleeping on the couch. <laughs> His wife and him were like having trouble because of it. Oh, see, that's, I don't know. <laughs> you probably have to have some kind of like, um, what's it called? Not instructions. Um, like a referee or rules? No, not rules, but like, um, you know, something that like a, a disclosure agreement where they have to sign it and go, marriage might end due to this challenge. <laughs> Just so they know up front that it gets real dark, real fast and pretty serious. Yeah, it does. It does. Cause like, uh, we, we follow each other. Like we got this uh, misfit app. And so you can see each other, like how we're progressing. On... Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I used to use the misfit too. Yeah. yeah. So like, so we could see each other and how we're doing, but it, unless they update as they're doing the thing they're doing, you don't know until they're done. So one of the things that happened, it was pretty darn close the last time. And I was like, I was, I was close to being in the lead and, and but I was sick for half the month. And so my cousin had gotten himself a nice lead and was kicking everybody's ass. But then I started catching up and one day, he just ran his ass off. He ran like six miles. I vaguely remember this actually. Yeah. The dude's like someone was slacking and then all of a sudden they came from out of nowhere. Yeah, he was he's like 300 pounds, this guy. And wow. so this this guy ran his fat little legs. Oh wait, was that the same guy you had a picture of him in your driveway, or was that someone else? Oh no, that's somebody else. <laughs> That like, was awesome. Yeah, he had fallen on his ass and the the camera so <laughs> the security cameras took it. And so I I was like, hey. And so like I sent it to my wife. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so great. Yeah. I mean, nowadays you need to no one really needs it now because we're home all the time. But I know before people were getting like packages stolen on Christmas and all this shit. But if you can <sighs> capture your friend on his ass, it's worth it. It's it's totally worth it if you can capture it. Yes, oh yes. My God. <laughs> well, let me know how the challenge goes. I will be here on my couch taking notes. All right, all right. I'll catch you later now. All right, see you all later. Right. See you Bye. later. Bye bye. Music, everyday hustle by Matt Large can be found over at Epidemic Sound. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Flow Road Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. Hopefully I won't give you nightmares. Again, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop 
www.thefloropodcast.com. And we have mugs, uh, we have shirts, and you can buy a bunch of stuff. Hopefully you'll find something you like. All right, thanks. Thanks.